today on It's Time. The world will always look at you as a Christian and say, you guys are always missing out on everything. Thank God if you're a Christian, you'll miss out on this. I hear the calling, it's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, he's going verse by verse through the book of Revelation. So turn there in your Bible as we join Pastor Mike. and priests and all these. But these guys that come up out of the tribulation, they're servants. Oh, there's a blessing, friends, in going in the rapture. They shall neither hunger anymore. Now we remember going back to the black horse, the, the famine. They'll neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. The sun will not strike them anymore or any heat. For the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne, will shepherd them and lead them to fountains of water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. I imagine, friends, the tears that will come out of the saints during the great tribulation will be a river. I really do. I believe that this time of, you know, we can see right now in our whole geopolitical world, not only in America, but around the world, evil is good and good is evil. If you stand up and say anything about the LBGT community, or you stand up and say anything about the slaughter of the unborn, well, you're, you're, that's hate speech. No, really, the Bible tells us what's acceptable and what isn't. If I find myself in that crowd, I just need to repent. But I ought not try to justify it. And so when we see what is evil and what is good has been swapped, we have to then say, God, help me not be polluted by the mindset of this world. And so when the Antichrist goes out conquering and to conquer, and he then sets himself up as the one to be worshipped, are you going to worship him? Or are you going to say, you're just a dude. You put your pants on just like I do. And that's one of the great problems. People are designed. Now, again, the Ten Commandments. We're never meant to justify anybody. They were meant to show all of us how desperately we need a Savior. And do you know, as you study Young and Freud in your psychology classes in college, as they try to get to the deep nitty-gritty of humankind, you know the Ten Commandments tells you everything that's wrong with man? God says, worship God and him only shall you serve. What does that tell me about humankind? It tells me that within the nature of man, we are designed to worship something. And we'll pursue our whole lives worshiping the wrong things. The Bible tells us six days you shall work on the seventh you'll rest. It tells me two things. One, either we're lazy and we won't work any day of the week. Or we're workaholics and just that extra day will keep your nose to the grindstone. And you miss life. If you look, it says, thou shalt not steal. What is that? That tells me by nature, we're thieves. 
When we look at all of this in the Bible, it identifies what's wrong with humans. The Bible says we cannot fix ourselves. We're incapable of repairing us. We're too badly broken. Have you ever noticed that in your life? Why do I do the things I do? Believe me, you're not the only one that's ever said that. But that's what the Bible talks about. The depravity of man. This is just what we are. We need a Savior. That's what Jesus Christ came. And that's what Jesus Christ came to do. Verse 1 of chapter 8. Let's look at this. Again, after God wipes away every tear from their eye. Now we find the seventh seal opened. This opens another whole group of judgments. Again, God's design, heart, is that people would repent. Not cry out to the rocks, not pray to Mother Earth, but call out to Him. Notice He says, when He opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about an hour. Now, I've heard a lot of commentaries say, this proves there are no women in heaven. I don't believe that. I just think if there was a football game going on in heaven, you'd hear men talking just as loudly. What happens in the seventh seal is so striking that it's like everybody goes <gasps> and holds their breath. You ever done that? You go, <gasps> that's what it's talking about. This seventh seal that opens up now the trumpet judgments is so severe. Now remember, the angels were told, don't hurt anything on the earth until these 144,000 were sealed And the Bible tells us in their foreheads, verse 3 of the preceding chapter, chapter 7, do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees until we have sealed the servants of God on their foreheads. Why is that important? Real fast, when we get to Revelation chapter 13, the Antichrist, i.e. empowered by Satan, is putting his mark on the foreheads of the people of the earth. Remember, the devil is always the big copycatter. He's always the counterfeit. And so just as God put his mark on the 144,000, Satan wants to put his mark on his own, and that's the mark, the name of the number, and it adds up in some way to 666. So it says when he opened the seventh seal, there was silence. And, this, one of the, and I saw the seven angels standing before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar, and it was given much incense that he should offer it with prayers of the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. By the way, I believe that these prayers that people pray Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. It is it. I believe when we pray, God stores those up. And I know there's going to be a lot of prayers going up during the tribulation period for people who have been left behind. And notice what it says. And the smoke of incense. Or excuse me. Well, let me go ahead and, and, and he says, and the smoke of incense, which the prayers of the saints ascended toward God, from the angel's hand. Now notice verse 5. And the angel took the censer, filled it with the fire from the altar, and threw it to the earth. And there were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and earthquakes. So here, here again we find this mention of earthquake. Again, there's going to be tectonic plate movement. 
There's nothing more fearful than when your terra firma, what you're standing on, the earth, keeps moving around. I had a, my cousin lived in Cal, it lives in California, the Whittier earthquake that happened uh, several years ago. And, and I was talking with him, and he said, yeah, it came, and he said, we all started running out of the building. He says, I kept falling down. And I said, well, why were you falling down? And he says, do you know it's hard to run on ground that's moving up and down three foot? Oh, gee. That was not a very big earthquake. That was like a 6-0 or something like that in Whittier. Imagine earthquakes powerful enough to move mountains. It says every mountain and island moved out of its place. Here's the problem. Our evolutionary people are saying the earth is billions and billions and billions. They throw those numbers out like it's the national debt. Billions of years old, the Bible says it's not that old. So what they're attributing, the massive things that we see, the topography changes on earth, you drive through Nevada and you see the stratus and they're all laying on their side. And I go, what happened out here a long time ago? The Bible says that happened in a short amount of time. Now, yes, it's true. I do believe God could have made the earth fully formed, fully mature. But we do know this earth has gone through a lot of, of, of severe things. The flood being one of the major ones. And we also know, again, about the tectonic plate movement. England moves, uh, London moves a couple inches a year farther away from New York every year. I shared this last week. So we do know that things are changing. The earth is moving. We're floating around on the crust of the earth, literally. And it says that these things are going to, well, when you can't build anything because it keeps getting knocked down, this is going to be a fearful time. And again, when we get to Revelation 16, it says, unless those days were shortened, there would be nobody left alive. In other words, God's rightful judgment should have went on for centuries on humankind because of the rebellion. God limits it to seven years. Well, the first trumpet blows. And the seven angels who had trumpets prepared to sound. And the first angel sounded, verse 7, and hail and fire followed, mingled with blood, and they were thrown to the earth, and a third of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. Won't have to mow your lawn anymore. The Bible says that there is a judgment coming. Next week, we'll pick up starting in chapter 8, and looking at what the Bible talks about, these trumpet judgments that come on the earth. Now, as I've shared before, the world will always look at you as a Christian and say, you guys are always missing out on everything. You got that right. And thank God, if you're a Christian, you'll miss out on this. You see, Jesus told us these things. He told John to tell us so that we don't find ourselves playing on the wrong side of the fence when he comes. If you've ever been spanked by God, know this, he spanked you because he loves you. You know, kids can be around you and they can be pretty rowdy and they can do a lot of bad things. But if it's not my kid, I won't correct him. I'll just say, well, you know, unless they're, you know, breaking the windows out of something or, you know, something like that. But I'm, I'm just saying they can be rude because they're not my child. But when that child is my child and I see him act in a bad way, I'll say, you don't talk like that. 
You don't do that. Why is that? Because it's my child. When you accept Christ as your Savior, remember this. David said this in Psalm 23. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. What does that mean? Well, God, the rod is how a king ruled. That was what they held, that scepter that they had. That was the rod. And thy staff comforts me. What's a staff? That's a thing, you know, that is hooked on the end. You know, you'll remember the commercials where Daffy Duck goes out and he's doing something and, and they reach out and they hook him by the neck and pull him off the stage. Thank God for the hook. Do you know God hooks us and that's what a shepherd would do. You see a sheep getting out of line, he'd hook it around the sheep's neck and pull it back into line again. David said, I take great comfort in knowing of God's authority, his rod and his corrective ability in my life. Friends, if you're not a Christian here today, I can tell you one thing. No one is correcting you, other than maybe the police department or your drug dealer for not paying your bill or something else. I guarantee you, if you don't know God, you have no father. And a father that loves you will correct you because he cares about you. Oh, I love that. In other words, I know that God, in his mercy, will always deal with me in his kindness and his love. Friends, if you're not a Christian here today, I, I call it to you. I don't know what we're reading is going to start. The Bible talks about this trumpet that blows, and then there's a space between the rapture and the tribulation beginning. I don't know whether that's weeks, I don't know whether that's months, or whether that's years, but I know that Jesus is coming. He said, watch and be ready. You don't know what hour your, go your Lord's going to come. You want to be ready when he comes. Now, how do you get ready? Well, you do a lot of religious stuff. You know, you dress up, don't wear flip-flops, all those kinds of things. No, the Bible says, if we'll confess our sins, he's faithful just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Isn't that nice to know? It's just like God comes up and cleans all the junk in you out and puts his Holy Spirit in place. You've never turned your life over to God. You know in your heart of hearts, you're fatherless. You don't have anyone that watches over you. And if you've ever been corrected by God, Thank him for that. If you've ever been blessed by God, thank him for that. Because he loves you. He loves you too much to leave you the way he found you. People say, well, Jesus loves me just as I am. That is true, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. He's got bigger and better things for you. If you've never prayed, you've never asked Christ in your life, we're going to pray right now, and you can ask Jesus to come in your life. Take away your sins. Get rid of the junk. And in place... Father, put your Holy Spirit in me so I'll be about your business. We're going to pray right now. Let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name and I ask you to forgive me. I have lived my life in rebellion to you and I'm sorry. So from this day forward, I commit my life into your hands I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. His blood covered my sins. And so now, I want to be your child. I want to call you daddy and mean it. And so I want to be about your business every day. What do you want me to do for you, God? That's what I want to do. And so fill me with your Holy Spirit so I'll have the power to do that. And thank you for eternal life. 
And I don't have to be scared of dying ever again. I commit my life into your hands this day in Jesus' name. Amen. You prayed that. Welcome to God's family. Begins with a prayer. God shows you your whole life is goodness. And he shows you he's your father. Not some unknowable God beyond the stars. I don't know who he is. I just hope somehow I can, you know, help enough blind dogs across the street somehow to get your attention. God says, you come and sit in my lap. Paul says, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That's what you need. This morning, who's your daddy? If it ain't Christ, if it isn't God, you're fatherless. And you have no one to correct you. You don't know what true authority is. You don't know what the bottom line is in life. See, God's got great things for you. And when we're aligning our purpose with God's purpose, the Bible says, great is your reward in heaven. See? So you cease trying to hold on to something you can never hold on to, and you trade that for something you will never, ever lose. Not a great deal. The Bible says, when we come to him, we need to learn of him. I want to encourage you, if you don't have a Bible, I'll give you one. Start reading John chapter 3. Just start reading in John chapter 3 and read the rest of the book. And God will speak to you. See the words of Jesus. How he reacted to people who were mean to him. How he reacted to people that were looking for truth. And you're going to see how God reacts. And then those things begin to reform the way we think. See, that's what we need. We need a brainwash. You know, people are, well, the Christians are, yeah, we do need a brainwashing. This thing is filthy, dirty. I need help. God cleanses us. And then the Bible says to be baptized. It's an outward sign of an inward sign, not for salvation, but to say to everyone, hey, I'm really serious about my relationship with God. You do that. God will change your life. The Bible says that you have passed from death unto life when you accepted him in your life. Again, next week, chapter 8, don't miss this. We get into the trumpet judgments. Now, this is what awaits the world that does not know God. Now, I'll tell you, people might say, well, Mike, why are you reading this? Because of this reason. Sometimes I can become very complacent in my Christianity, even as a pastor. And I need to be reminded that there is a judgment coming upon this world. And people that I know, grandmas, grandpas, moms, dads, brothers, sisters, friends living across the street, my best buddy, whatever, they'll be left behind in this. And so learning how to communicate God's love to people that know, don't know him. I, friends, am not saved to set, nor are you. We're saved to be active and proactive for the kingdom of God because he tells us these things in advance. Not to scare us. You should never be scared. But to motivate us and remind us why we're still here. And I know so many people have asked that question as Christians. God, why don't you just take me to heaven? You ever? My hand's up. And God says, because I ain't done with you yet. All the things that you've been through in your life, good, the bad, the ugly, God says, I can use those. Do you know why? Because you're going to come in contact with the bad and the ugly. And you can tell people what God did for you and how he forgave you. And then you can tell them about the good. And that's Jesus, the one who forgives. 
You know how, you know, we as Christians, we live in this forgiveness of God. But people outside of Christianity, they're lost. Again, it's real easy for me to walk up and, and, you know, look at a person that doesn't know God and say, stupid, worldly person, what's wrong with you? But the Bible says they're blind. You don't walk up to a person that's blind and kick them in the shins and say, stupid, blind person. Why do you keep walking into those curb bumpers in the parking lot? They're blind. And may God just give us by his Holy Spirit that compassion that comes from him to reach out to the lost and to present to them the truth of his word. If you prayed this morning and you asked God in your life, I would just want to say, best decision you ever make. If you're a Christian, I just want to encourage you, keep going. Don't stop. Let God heal you, restore you, bless you. The Bible says he will. And let your light shine. Father, for every person in this room today, every person listening around the world, God, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would empower us and put our self-reservations aside and be about your business. And so, God, may your Holy Spirit now come and refresh us. And as we read these words of God, that we realize that this world is on the verge of the greatest judgment that it has ever known. And yet, God, you've imparted to every one of us your secret about what's to happen, Lord, so that we can reach out and be light and salt in this world. Father, in Jesus' name, may we always remember you. May we always relate to you as our daddy. And Lord, we just ask you now, Father, fill us with your spirit. Allow us to walk in your power. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time.